Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. So today, I, as, we, as we dive into our subject today that we're going to talk about, I want you to understand that the problem that we have in our culture today is that people are afraid to make a move because we're so afraid of the future, we're afraid to make the move. And so this is what I want to drive into you today is this, this coming up on the screen. And if you would just uh, read it with me, let's read it together. You ready? Come on, let's come on the screen. Let's read it. You ready? It's my turn to make a move. It's my turn. And if you can just visualize, you know, someone's rolling the dice and then they're handing it to you, it's your turn to make a move. And so today I want you to know that, that whatever, as we go through this, talking about it's my turn to make a move, again, I want to, uh, the, the topic that I want to talk to you about is how to face the future. Because when it comes to the future, a lot of us are afraid and a lot of us are scared <clears throat> to make a move. So I want to challenge you to make a move today. So, all right? So we're going to jump in, and I want to give you three things that I want to I share with you about how you face your future. Ready? So here we go. Let's go with the first one. Number one, how to face your future is, write this down, involve God in your planning. Involve God in your planning. Involve God in your planning. Now, we are actually going to be talking again. We're doing this series called Blueprint. And it's out of the Bible, of course, the guy James wrote the, this book, Jesus' brother, wrote this book in the Bible. And the reason we're doing this is so practical. It means that, you know, some things you read in the Bible, you're like, what? I don't get it. And then there's, uh, then there's other things that you read that it's like, it's there. You know, it's like practical, here it is. And that's James. I mean, he puts it right, it's practical, we can put it into practice. And so today, as we dive in, James 4 and 13, he begins to tell us about this future. Look what he says, planning. He says this, <clears throat> Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town, and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. Now that sounds like a great business plan, doesn't it? I mean, that just sounds like, and the Bible, by the way, is for planning. There's a lot in Proverbs about planning. But there's a problem with this plan. The problem with this plan is, is that it does not include God. Now, anywhere does he talk about, you know, God is in the plan at all. And it's just this, the attitude is just displayed as this, is that I've got this, I don't need God. Anytime that we begin to make our plans, and we begin to, you know, play Monopoly, we begin to make our plans, and we do not include God in those plans. We're displaying the attitude that says, okay, I got this. I don't need God. And so he's, James is beginning to show us this. Look at Proverbs 19 and 21. Look what it says. It says, many are the plans in a man's heart. Now, will you read the rest of this with me? Let's read it. Come on. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And so God knows tomorrow. You agree with that? It's like... You know, the thing in my life that troubles me is that I can't see tomorrow. I don't know, I don't know what's coming my way, but God knows that. And, and I would just say that there's many things that start out 
all right without God. Would you agree with that? There's many things that people do that God's not in the middle of this. You know, there's a lot of people in the world that don't even think about God, and they start out all right without God. But here's the deal, is that they don't ever end up all right without God. In the end, you see what I'm saying? It can start out all right. You can feel like, hey, this is going pretty good. You know, I'm I, I, doing this new thing over here, and, and you know, I, I ain't worried about God, and you seem like you're doing well. But in the end, it never ends all right without God. So I, um, I was reading this week, I'm preparing to talk to you, and I come across a, an article by a guy by the name of Al- Alexander Saul. He was a writer for the Reader's Digest, and he wrote in there, and he wrote that how he had studied, uh, how he had studied the, the Russian Revolution for over 50 years, and how he wrote eight books on it, and he, he said, you know, I just, I just wanted to study and find out why uh, the Russian Revolution was so negative, how did it destroy over 60 million Russians' lives? And he said, what I discovered in, in studying that how uh, when Stalin began the communism movement and how that it, it just ejected uh, all of God out of there, he said, this is what I've come down to. The destruction happened because of this. Men forgot God. He said, that's what it boiled down to, is that when you push God out of every facet of society and that's what communism is is getting rid of all religion you know we don't need god and it brings destruction and that's exactly what happened and so today we look at james again look what he says in um, james 4 15 he says this instead he said you ought to say what's that first word if if it is the lord's what will that's right we will live and do this or that so if it's the Lord's will, he says. Now, what I'd like for you to do is I like for on your outline, would you just go ahead and write the word life, L-I-F-E. Would you write that down? Everybody, come on, just write that on your program somewhere, life, L-I-F-E. Okay, now just look at me when you're done so I'll know that everybody's finished. Not much to look at, am I? I can see you look at it. All right, okay. Now, what I want you to do, you got it written down? Everybody got it written down? Now, would you just go back and take your pen and I just want you to scribble out the L. Go ahead, just scribble out the L in life. Just scribble it out. Okay, you got that? All right, and then just move your pen over to the E and just scribble that E out. All right, you got it? Have I got that scribbled out? Now, what are you left with? <laughs> Isn't life a little iffy sometimes? Isn't it amazing? Right in the middle of life, there's that big word if, right? Because there's no guarantees. And that's why we need God in the middle of our plans. Is because if we, there's so many ifs in life, we can't figure it all out. We can think we got the perfect plan, and then something happens that we don't know. And so it's very important to have God right in the middle of that. Proverbs 16 and 1, look what it says. He says, we make our plans, but the Lord has what? Amen. You agree with that? Yeah, listen, God's got the last word. Nobody is getting the upper hand on God. God has the last word. He has the last word. And so today, as we begin to talk about this, I just want to ask you something here. I want to ask you, have you begun to consider God in your plans? Like some of you, you know, maybe you're considering retirement. Have you prayed about that? Have you asked God what he, what he thinks about that, what you should do with that? Have you asked God about, you know, your marriage, that you're contemplating getting married? Have you even talked to God about that? You know, have you talked about, to God about who you're going to date? Have you talked to God about that? 
about getting a divorce? Some of you contemplating the divorce. Have you talked to God about that? You know, some of you are, are said, I'm just going to be single the rest of my life. Have you talked to God about that? You know, what college you're going to go to, what school you're going to go to. Have you talked to God about that? The new job you're thinking about pursuing, the new career. Have you talked to God about that? The investment that you're about to make. Have you talked to God about that? And see, that's how you keep God in the middle of everything, is you keep talking to God about every decision that you're about to make. And when you put God in every decision that you're about to make, you'll make better decisions. <laughs> that's the secret right there, right? I mean, you're tired of making dumb decisions all the time. You're tired of regret. You're tired of saying, oh, how did I get here? Why did, how did this happen to me? I'll tell you how. It's because you did what you thought was right, and it was wrong. But every time, if you pray and ask God, God, what do you think about this? It's amazing how God will save your fanny. Amen? All right, I guess I'm just talking to me. But that's all right. And so, um, so keeping God in the middle of your plan is what James is trying to tell us is important. Now, remember what he said? It's my time to make a move. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. It's my time to make a move. And so listen, if you haven't made that move and move putting God in every decision you make, that's the move you need to make first and foremost. Make that move. All right, I have a next step for you. Look what it says. On the back of your connection card, it says this. It says, I will do my best to keep God in the center of my plans. Will you check that box so we can pray for you? That, that you will do that because that's when life works out best. It's when God's at the center of your plans. Okay, now, so how do you face your future? Number two, as you write this down, the second thing is that you choose. Choose to live today and trust God with tomorrow. Let me say that again. Choose to live today and trust God with tomorrow. Trust God with tomorrow. All right, you got that? Because I want to tell you something profound here. Now, this, if you can do this today, it's going to change your life. You ready? Stop letting the pain of your past and the fear of your future rob you of the joy of today. Let me say it again. Stop it. Nobody can stop it but you. Stop it. Stop, stop allowing the pain of your past and the fear of the future robbing you of the joy of today. And nobody can do that but you. You say, well, how do I know that's happening to me? I'll tell you how you know. Is this. Is that when you're, you know how your past is always haunting you? Is that when you're thinking about making a move, you're thinking about making a move, and then all of a sudden, right before you do that, all of a sudden something pops in your mind and says, well, you remember when? Oh, you remember when you tried that and it didn't work? You, 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 know, you remember the, that when you tried to buy St. James Place, it didn't work. Remember when, right? All of our failures constantly, they come back in our mind. And, and listen, it doesn't just have to be you. It can be somebody else in your life, somebody that wants to hold you down and say, oh, well, you remember when you tried that? You remember you tried this? And so remember when is that, that, that thing that keeps bringing our past back up into our present. And then, you know, we say, well, I don't have a problem with that. Well, the other one is the fear of the future. And you know what happens with that is when you keep saying, what if? Oh, what if, what if that, what if, you know, what if I don't pass go? What if I don't collect $200? What if I don't get the get out of jail free card? 
What if, what if, what if, what if will paralyze you and keep you from moving forward? So remember when will paralyze you and keep you from moving forward. And remember, and uh, what if will keep you from moving forward? And so you and I have to, we have to say, okay, we got to trust God that he's got this and be willing to take the move. Be willing to take the move. James 4 and 14, look what it says. He says this, you don't even know. Man, he's bold, isn't he? I mean, that, that's sort of one of those like this, you don't even know. Okay, y'all don't read the Bible like I do. It's more exciting up here, I can tell you. Okay, he says, you don't even know what your life will be tomorrow. He says, you are like a puff of what? Now, my family smoked growing up, so when they said that, I just see someone go, Now, that's, I would say, he said your life's like a puff of smoke. That's sort of depressing, isn't it? I mean, oh, what's a man doing here? He said, which appears for a moment and then disappears. So what he's saying is this, is that life is very unpredictable and it's very brief. It's unpredictable and very brief. Now, when Rhonda and I met, um, she, uh, she began, you know, saw me. We're going to get these pictures coming up here. When Rhonda and I met, she saw this guy that you see on the screen with that little coat and tie on. That's what she said. She said, my, 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 my. I had all of my hair. But life's unpredictable, right? When she was with me at that stage in my life, she never knew this would happen. <laughs> it was unpredictable. And little do you know, but you see how much hair I got, how, how that my hair is very coarse. And before that, I had a fro. And I thought the fro would never go. But it did. It went bye-bye. So what I'm telling you is that if you would have told me back then when I was in my early 20s that I would end up like this, I would have said, no way. And neither was she. So life is unpredictable. And what I want to tell you is that life is also brief as well. Because life is like this. I mean, you like one day you're in diapers, and then the next thing you know, before you know it, that you're you have kids that are you're tending to them. They're in diapers, and then the next thing you know, you're back in them. <laughs> you say, "Well, will that happen to me?" Well, it all depends. <laughs> oh yes, it all depends. Listen. When you get older, when you get a little bit older, it's amazing what a sneeze can do to your body. It makes you do things that are very unwilling. I mean, one big eye hatch you and you're through. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, that wasn't quite as funny as I thought it was. It will be one day. It'll be true. Okay. Matthew 6 and 34. Look what the Bible says. Actually, Jesus says this. He says, so don't be anxious about tomorrow. Notice that. Jesus said, don't be so jacked up about tomorrow. God will take care of what? Oh, let me just say this. Let, let's go. God will take care of your what? God will take care of your what? Do you believe that? No, do you believe it? Because that's the key to your happiness and your peace right there. If you really believe that God will take care of your tomorrow. Jesus said God will take care of your tomorrow too. Look, look how he said live. Let's read what's online. You ready? Come on. Live one day at a time. One day at a time. That's so hard for us to do, isn't it? It's live one day at a time. 
Why can I say that? Because God knows everything that's going to happen in your tomorrow. You understand that? He already knows what's going to happen in your tomorrow. I met a guy a couple weeks ago, a very, very well-spoken man, about, I guess, late 50s, early 60s. And uh, he began to share his story with me. And just a couple years ago, matter of fact, back in around 2008, 2009, he became homeless. And he lived in the woods down off of I-75 and 2081 over there by the Walmart. He lived in the woods. Now, to look at him today, I, was, I would have never guessed this. Guy. He's so well-spoken, well-dressed, nice guy. Matter of fact, he's in Bible college right now. He's about to graduate Bible college. And I said, man, what happened? He said, well, I want to tell you, when the economy fell apart, he said, I lost my job, I lost my home, and I lost my wife. He said, I lost everything. He said, you know, I lost it all, and I was, ended up living in the woods. And he said, you know what? I lost, I lost my job, I lost my home, I lost my wife, but I never lost my faith in God. And he said, I want to tell you, even though I was as low as you could go, I didn't think you could go any lower to where I was begging for food. He said, I want you to know that God was faithful even in that moment. That God, I never lost my faith in God. And this is what he said, I understood this. He says, I never knew what tomorrow held, but I always knew who held tomorrow. Did you hear that? I don't know about you. You may not know what tomorrow holds, but I'm telling you, if you know Jesus Christ, he holds tomorrow, right? He holds tomorrow. And I don't know what you're afraid of about tomorrow, but I'm telling you, God's already got it. You say, I don't know how it can work out, and I don't know how it's going to come out. I don't either, but one thing I know is my Heavenly Father, He's got the whole world in His hand, right? He's got the little bitty babies in His, right? Don't make me break it down. That's right. See, I did that before they could turn my mic off. You see, He's got it all in His hand, and you have to believe that, or you're going to be in fear the rest of your life. Stop letting the devil steal your today with the future of tomorrow. Listen, some of you are so stressed out. Let it go. You're stressed out about, you know, will I ever get married? Yes, let it go. Someday, yes, if it's God's will. You know, some of you are like, your finances, are they ever, my retirement, is it going to be there when I get there? Is Social Security going to be when I get there? Listen, just let it go. The things you can do nothing about, quit worrying about. Amen? Let it go. Do your best to plan with God in the middle of the plans, and then he'll take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. All right. So the reason that we continue to do that, let me just say this before I move on, because I thought this was so good. You know, you know what? You know, the, the, let me say it. Today is a gift. That's why God calls it the present. Today is a gift. And that's why God calls it the present. And you need to understand that you've got a gift right now, and God gave it to you, and it's the gift of today. And don't let, it, don't let tomorrow's fears steal the gift that you have today. Amen? Amen. All right. So remember what we said? It's my, what we said, it's my turn to make a move. It's your turn to make a move. And you have to decide what that move is. All right. Number three is this. How to face your fears the third thing is this, is do the good that God has put in your heart to do, and do it now. Do it now. Do it now. We pick it back up. James, again, look what he says. 
Now, this, right, this verse, right, I'm going to be honest with you, sort of gets me. Look what he says. So then, if we do not do the good we know we should do, let's read the last part. You ready? Come on. We are guilty of sin. Did you hear what he just said? If we don't do the good that we know we should do, we're guilty of sin. Now, I don't know how that strikes you, but, uh, but that sort of strikes me because, listen, I've always thought, you know, I was, you know, as long as I be good, I'm okay, right? But here's what, here's what James is saying, is that you are, you're not saved just to be good, you're saved to do good as well. Did you hear that? You're not just saved to be good. You know what? I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't chew, and I don't run around with the people who do. That's what we think. that Our lives, are, as a Christian, you know, oh boy. You know, so let me tell you something. Your life is more than that. It's, it, you're more, life is more than that. You're not just to be good, you're to do good. God saved you not just to be good, but to do good. And James has said one of the things that we struggle with is procrastination is that we begin to put off those things. We think, one day I'll do this, one day I'll do that. You know, we start thinking that way. Watch this. We go into this mode that says this. Someday I will. One day I'm going to. And then, you ever heard this term? You know, I don't know if it's one that I grew up with. I grew up in the country, if you can't tell. They, people around me would say, you know, I'm aiming to do that one day. I'm aiming to do this. I'm aiming to do that. You know what I'm going to say? Pull the trigger. Stop just aiming. Some people are just ready. Aim, 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 aim. I say fire, baby. Right? Why? Because procrastination brings the greatest regrets to our lives. Listen, I've been with so many people that get to that point in their life when it's about their time to leave this world. And they talk about the things that they didn't do. I wish I would have took more risk. You know, I wish I would have spent more time telling people around me that I loved them. Those kinds of things. Listen, I'm telling you, it's your time to make a move. And today's the day that you do that. Look at what Proverbs says. Proverbs uh, 27 and 28. He said, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it's in your power to act, do not say to your neighbor, let's read this. You ready? Come on. Come back later. I'll give it. Isn't that awesome? When you now have it with you. In other words, it's already in your pocket. You already got it. But you say, well, you know what? Just come back tomorrow. I'm going to think about it again. And you say, Pastor Jeff, I would never do that. Well, let me just ask you this question. How about the people around you? Have you told them you love them lately? Or you just go hold it in your pocket? How about that? How, how about the people that are around? Have you told them how much you care? How about the, the, the people that, that work around you every day that are good, that you enjoy being around? Have you ever just said, hey, man, I just want you to know I appreciate you? And they're gonna, you're going to wig them out. You're like, man, what's wrong with you, you know? <laughs> Why not say it now? Do it now. Do it now. So you're thinking about, you know, sharing your faith with somebody? Do it now. Do it now. You, you're thinking about maybe, you know what, uh, one day I'm going to take growth track at SEC. I say, do it now. Do it. Don't wait. Do it now. If you know the good you should do, do it now. If you're thinking about, you know, if you're thinking about, hey, I'm going to give one day. Do your giving now. Do it now. 
If you're thinking about joining a group, you know, you're like, I'd like to have some, some close friends in my life. Listen, you're never going to have them stand on the sideline. Why don't you join a SEC group? Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. I want to ask you a question. When I started talking about that thing that you need to do that you haven't done, I don't want you to say it out loud, but you got it in your mind. Here's what I want to tell you. A word from God. Do it now. Do it now. Don't wait another day. Do it now. Do it now. Don't sit back with regret and say, I wish I had a... Do it now. Live a no-regret life. Remember what we said? It's my turn to make a move. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. It's my turn to make a move. And some of you right now, the dice is being passed to you. And this is what I want to say. Is that some of you are holding the dice and the game can't go on for somebody else because you're holding your dice. You see, somebody else is waiting on you to make a move. They can't move until you make the move. You see, that relationship that's been damaged, it can't get better until you make the move. And see, mature people make the first move. Immature people says, well, when they do it, then I'll do it. Mature people make the first move. So I ask you again, what move do you need to make? Okay, look at the Bible with me. <clears throat> Luke chapter 12, Jesus begins to tell a parable, which a parable is a story, all right? It says this, and he told them this parable the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crop. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to myself, self, you a good man. Okay, that's me reading again. All right. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, man. Eat good. Oh, drink well. Be merry. God said to him, what? Oh, come on. Now say that with a little attitude. God said, what? You fooled us right. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Now watch this last part. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? In other words, you've worked your tail off. You've got all this stuff. And listen, when it's over for you, baby, somebody else is going to get your stuff. You know, here's the lesson. Here's the lesson. Here's the lesson. Ready? Do your giving while you're living so you'll be knowing where it's going. That's it right there. That's it. Oh, let me say it again, all right, because you're going to want to quote that. You ready? Do your giving while you're living so you'll be knowing where it's going. That's right. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Save, save, save. Work hard, work hard. And then one day you're gone. Do you know what? Uh, my kids, uh, we've let them know that when, if something happens to Rhonda and I, that, you know, they're in our will, but they're not getting all of it. Matter of fact, a good portion is coming back here. You know why? We, we, we put SEC in our will. You know why? Because we, we want to make sure the good work of God goes on. And listen, when I take my last breath and I enter and meet God's kingdom, God's going to say, Jeff, you've been a great giver all your life, but you just gave again. That's right, Lord. The last thing I've done was gave to you before I come see you. Okay, never mind. I just think like that. 
Do your giving while you're living so you'll be knowing where it's going. This year, Rhonda and I had the privilege of going to New York City during, uh, at 9-11, on 9-11 this year. We were walking around the city. We got there actually a, a day or two early. And we were walking around the city and just taking it in. And then on 9-11 itself, we had the privilege of actually going to the memorial sites and the Freedom Tower. To you and I, that's a, that's a big deal. Some of, you were, some of you were very small when that happened, 2001, 9-11. But to those guys in New York that lived through that, it's more real than you can imagine. I had no clue. We were walking to the memorial on 9-11. And as I was walking, as we were walking toward the memorial, there was a guy who had his construction hat on, had his tool belt on, and he was weeping. And there was people just around him, and I heard him tell his story. I was standing right here on that day when that plane hit that first building. And he was just weeping, talking about watching the devastation. We went a little further, and there was another lady who said who she was weeping, and she was telling her story. And she said, you know, I was in this building, and I made it out. And I don't know why I'm still alive today. And it was story after, as you would go around, it was just people, just, they'd just start speaking out loud. And they'd look up and say, I remember. You see, what that said to me, there in New York City, the financial district, the richest place in America, those two twin towers, where money flowed and the people that walked into those buildings on 9-11-2001 they thought like this guy I'm sure I've got this I got my 401k I'm going to work here and I'm living the big life I'm living the dream and little did they know that that day would be their last day on this earth what I'm telling you my friend is that we're not promised tomorrow and that you will be very afraid of tomorrow unless you go back to what we said. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I take you back to our game because when the game's over, when it's over, it all goes back in the box. Everything that you've lived for. There's only two things that will last. God's word and people. Everything else goes back in the box. Now this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to become a Christ follower. Not because I think you're going to die tonight, but because I know you have to live tomorrow. You need Jesus. And so today, I want to do something. I want to take this, this, I want you to take your program out, and on the inside of that program, there's a prayer to become a Christ follower. I'm going to read this today. And there's some of you sitting here today that you know what? You've been on the fence with this a long time. You faked it until you make it. I'm trying to make it, and it's not working out. But today's the day. We're going to read this prayer. As I read it, when I say amen, you're going to say God, and you're not going to say it out loud, but you're going to say, God, that's me, me too. I want to become a Christ follower today. I'm tired of playing games.
I want you in my life. I'm reading. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.